Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, this is Dan Alford with ARC Specialties. I'm up in Chicago at Fabtech 2021. I've got a special guest today on my podcast, Matt Cable. Yes, sir. Tell us what you do for a living. Sure. Uh, my name is Matt Cable. I'm the president of Bugo Systems. We're actually a fourth generation family owned business, started in 1948, and we design systems that mechanize uh, processes for welding and cutting um, for most any application for fabrication. So I think there's about, I would say, 40% of the number of present presenters here than we, that we see normally. Yeah, definitely there's more space in the hall that's not being taken up by some distributors that are typically here, so it is definitely a little bit smaller in terms of exhibitors attending the show. And I think we had to make a decision sometime in April, I believe, that whether we're going to stop or go or not come. And I, I must admit, uh, most of my peer group discouraged me and did not show up. Yeah. Why did you come? We decided that it was worth a try. Um, wanted to see, get back from COVID and get to talk to people again. Um, that's one of the things you really miss with the virtual. It, it's, it's different than interacting face-to-face -face with people in the industry. Um, and it's a very valuable show for us to just be here and exhibit and meet with different people. So we thought it was worth our time to give it a try again this year. And I'm hearing numbers of around 70% of the normal attendees. So, mm -hmm. so actually the, uh, the density is good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the nice thing is the people that have come have really been, okay, I need to solve a problem. Here, here's my issue. How would you help me? Um, and legitimate interested people that are looking for solutions, which is nice. Yeah, you know, travel's harder right now. Yep. Uh, people are less likely to come unless they got a real reason. We, we've had the same experience in our booth, and I find it ironic some of our friends will stop by that, that failed to put their booth in, and uh, we just tell them more business for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth getting here and getting in front of people and having the chance to talk to people is a very valuable thing. All I know is we've got to get back to work. There's starting to be extreme shortages in America in everything, and it's only going to get worse. You can print money, but you can't print cars, you can't print airplanes, you can't print food, you can't print energy. These are the guys in this hall that are actually creating all the goods that are necessary yeah. to maintain a modern society. Yeah, I mean, manufacturing in America has always been very important. Um, we've always historically been an American manufacturer, family-owned business. Um, it's wonderful to use local whenever you possibly can. And we'd really try and promote that as much as possible. And yet you're telling me you're showing at Essen and around the world. So how many countries are is Bugo in? We're in currently about 52 different countries we've sold product to over the years. Hmm. So actually my the, my grandfather, when he was going around and setting it up, he, he actually set up the international market for us. Um, and he would physically go for six, eight weeks at a time and just go visit countries and start, hey, let me tell you about Bugo. And he grew the business that way. So, I mean, we're right now we're about 60% domestic, 40% international business. Interesting. Yeah. You know, everybody that's in the welding industry knows what Bugo is, but, yes. but it's, my audience goes beyond that. So why don't you explain what the name, where the name came from and, and, and what you do? Sure. Um, so the original Bugo was invented by Everett Livesey um, for um, cutting ships for the World War II for D-Day invasion. They couldn't cut plate fast enough, so we came up with the original Bug on a rail that would cut plates for the invasion ships from Normandy. And so my great-grandfather, Ed Cable, actually used to work for Lincoln Electric, and then he went out on his own um, and started um, DNR Electric Company. It was the first business that he owned that morphed into Bugo. He got to know Mr. Levesay over the years, 
Um, and Mr. Livesey decided that he was ready to play some golf rather than selling stuff, so he offered Grant the patent rights and we bought it and then developed it from there. Um, he was actually also the first Lincoln Electric Repair Service Center in the country because he had some familiarity with the product. But then what would happen is we had one machinist and he would build one machine and my grandfather would go out and sell it to a customer and say, come back, okay, build me another one. I'm gonna go sell another one. And we kind of grew it from there. And it just, people have come to us with applications for fabrication needs, uh, mechanization over the years. And then we've developed our entire product line from mostly from customer applications and meeting their needs. Well, y'all might've started it, but there are now dozens of companies building what is termed bugs nowadays, yep. Yep. and yet That's... you're surviving. What, yes. What's your secret? Um, again, we're, we're the only mechanization company that is 100% built in America. Uh, we stand behind all of our products with a three-year warranty. Um, we have machines that are still coming back to us for repair that are 30, 40 years old that are still running on a daily basis. We make a, we're, we're very proud that we make a very quality, long-lasting product. Um, then it's just a matter of finding new customers because it's tough to sell again because the machine's still working. So you got to find a new market to be able to sell your products to. So you're competing with the equipment that your grandfather made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of rough. No, yeah. we have the same attitude at Arc Specialties. Try to build it here in America. Try to be innovative. I think that's why we get along. Yeah, absolutely. And so the backstory on this collaboration is I've been doing welding automation since 1979. One of the most difficult applications is full penetration, single-sided pipe welding. The guy that can do this is called the welder with the golden arm. He can weld from the outside of the pipe and produce a good weld on the inside of the pipe. This is something I've refused to automate for 40 years until a couple of years ago when three technologies matured sufficiently to allow us to do it. It was laser scanning, uh, advanced waveform gas metal arc, and collaborative robots. Using these three things, we were able to successfully find, map, and weld full penetration V-butt welds uh, and adapt to almost any joint variation that we typically find in industry. And so we were, we're going to go to market with a, a 1G welder, but unfortunately, most of the world doesn't want a 1G welder. They want a 5G welder, and that's what Matt does for a living. Yeah. We actually make a system we call the Piper Plus that we developed for pipe welding, um, originally in collaboration with the Lincoln Electric Company. Um, and it typically would be flux core vertical up was the process that we had the most success in. We actually had a uh, online seminar that Jeff, my welding engineer, was attending and he saw about this opportunity and immediately got on the phone and said, hey, we can help you out with this, um, provide you a bug that we can maybe do some integration work on. So that's how this whole opportunity came, came up. And just to give you some context, this is all during COVID time. So, you know, there's, you know, no direct meetings. We did it all via Zoom. And so we, these guys get online with this. We're talking and uh, they, they said they wanted to put our new uh, AI pipe bot on their bug. And I said, well, that's, that's kind of crazy. Why don't we just make your bug smarter? Because the bug has most of the axes that we yep. need with, yep. with one exception. So we decided that the way we'd collaborate was uh, we would make a smarter bug that could do what our collaborative robot had done in the past. Yeah, yeah. we're designing our new VersaBug system is gonna be a PLC-based control um, system that has the digital smart motors um, and the encoders to give the more tangible control and the access control um, that we're looking to do. But we didn't have any way to do the lead lag on the torch. Um, we handled the other three axes of the motion. Um, so we thought this was a perfect marriage of technology and an opportunity to work together. And so that's all we had to do is add one more axis of motion and then the, the sensor system. And uh, we're in the process of doing the final development on this system. But it, it was kind of fun working. You know, we're both small companies. Uh, we're, during the Zoom meeting, uh, Matt and I did a virtual handshake. Virtual. 
over the internet over the internet and and that's what you can get away with with yeah. small companies because exactly. if you and i agree on something it's going to happen yeah absolutely i think that i think that allows us to be a bit more nimble uh more responsive to industry's needs yeah it's always nice to be able to partner with other companies in the industry that have some technologies that may work together to try and provide new solutions to the market. I've never actually worked with Matt on anything, but many, many years ago, I don't know if you remember this. Yes, uh, uh, he's got a much older company than ours. We were just a little baby company. And Matt is big on uh, promoting American welding in Europe at the Essence Show. Yes, sir. And uh, you contacted us and offered to give us a place in your booth, and uh, that made an impression on me. So my grandfather actually started, he was the first American exhibitor at the Essen Welding Show in Germany. And when they started out 40 years ago doing the trade show, they actually had tents in the parking lot. And it was a two week long show. So then he started going and it's every four years. So we started inviting other American exhibitors to come and exhibit in Germany um, for this show. And again, it's a once every four year show. And so we got to the point where we had our own booth and we had 10 or 15 different exhibitors that we would host and put in this booth. Um, and then it was, our American Pavilion, and it worked out really nicely. So we were always looking for new people to bring over and introduce to the market and give the opportunity. Well, it made a good impression on us when you offered. So. Absolutely. So what's the, the status of the system right now? Uh, we've got all the mechanics done. We've got the software done. Uh, we're now uh, doing the debugging and the process development for the, the welding. I think we ought to be uh, making full wells in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And then at some point after that, we're going to, you know, have a big, uh, uh, a big seminar, big seminar, open big house, launch party, launch party. So looking for applications for this. Yeah, absolutely. So look forward to probably early in the next year mm -hmm. having a product that's ready to weld 5G pipe in the field. And What's again, the, ni the nice thing is this is something that's never been done before. We've never been able to automate the route pass because historically fit up has to be completely perfect. And with this collaboration system, it doesn't need to be anymore because it can overcome all of that. Yeah, I guess I didn't really discuss how that works, but, but using 2D laser scanning, we're actually mapping the joint. We're finding the tack welds because just like a human would start on the tack weld, we're mapping the width of the uh, groove opening. And so when we have a wide group opening using the uh, advanced waveform MIG welder, we oscillate and travel slowly and get good penetration. When we have a tight portion of the groove with a narrow gap, we eliminate the oscillation and travel quickly. And, and so this is, uh, this is one of my favorite robot applications we've ever done because there's zero programming on the part of the end user. We find the joint, we map the joint, yeah. and then we weld the joint from the root, the hot, the fill, and the cap passes. Yeah, so. and historically with the Piper Plus application, um, the operators would typically have to do um, STT or RMD for the root pass because we couldn't successfully mechanize it because of the fit-up issues. We could handle the rest in a program um, with our Piper Plus, but with this opportunity, that's not even needed anymore because they can figure it out and just run it, which is pretty fascinating. All right, and that's what the human welder does so well is he identifies the joint conditions and then adapts to yes. them. And that's where all the skill is. And uh, we're trying to take some of that skill and then put it in, in the form of a program. And, and like I said, it worked extremely well in the 1G position. We're getting, we're making good progress in 5G. I'm, I'm looking forward to this product. So yeah, it's very exciting. Look forward to uh, reporting our progress in the near future. We're making a tour of the show. I'm here with Tom, part of the ATI booth. Welcome, Dan. Good to have you here. So 
I'm glad to see that you guys actually showed up. There, I'd say there's probably 60% of the exhibitors are absent today. Yeah, well, we're excited to be here. Uh, of course, we had some uh, uh, thoughts if we should attend or not, but we eventually decided to uh, continue with our commitment, and we're so glad we did. Uh, it's been a tremendous show, both Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, one more day to go, but we're very excited. Well, I'll give you a little backstory. When I was making that decision back in April, when uh, we had to decide go, no go, I called Bob, and uh, and he, he was definitely enthusiastic about this. And I think we're vindicated. I look down the aisles, I see a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tuesday was the best day, but Monday and Wednesday today have been great also. Um, but like I said, we had some misgivings, and we were kind of nervous the first day what was going to happen. It was great to see all those people kind of pouring in the first day and continuing through today. I think there's a bigger reduction in uh, booths than there are in attendees. So what we've experienced, at least at the ARC Specialties booth, is our, uh, our hit rate's higher. We've got more people showing up. Yep, higher quality leads. I think the people that really were have some serious immediate needs are the ones who still came here. Maybe the ones that were more kind of looky-loos and didn't have immediate needs decided I don't need to get on a plane today. So great quality traffic here. Uh, we've seen the same thing. I think the people that went to the trouble of traveling under these COVID conditions had to have a reason to get here. Yeah, most definitely. And you guys got a new program that I'm proud to say we're participating in. It's it's your uh, material removal Prefer integrator. Preferred integrator program. Prefer oh, I like that. It's a, it's a mouthful. Okay, yeah. preferred. So. So uh, it's looking like ARC Specialties might be one of these preferred integrators. Most definitely. So kind of the uh, general intent of the program is to really work in partnership with a select number of integrators to really advance the market of automated material removal. You know, ATI brings to the, the table these fantastic uh, tools, but to get the end user the ultimate solution they need, we need the uh, assistance of integrators like yourself to put the whole thing together and present it in a cost-effective package to the end user. I think it's kind of interesting. It's it's the new sensor technologies and compliant tooling that have made this possible. It's yep. kind of interesting that probably uh, the higher skilled jobs were automated first and some of the lower skilled jobs, which would be you know deburring, polishing, and sanding, right. were later to the game because it actually requires some technologies that didn't exist up until quite recently. Yeah, that's right. So we're still on the uh, beginning end, I guess, of the journey to automate a lot of these uh, uh, services. And so uh, having uh, both from an ATI standpoint, our new technology and our new product development, uh, having that kind of technology and uh, uh, processing uh, uh, services that are, that are now available are really going to help people see the value and be able to integrate it and get that cost savings, the labor savings, the consistency, all the usual benefits you see from automating a process. You know, back when I started robots, back in the 80s, you know, robots went to us a very specific position in space. Yeah. And that's what you need for drilling, tapping, welding, painting, and things like that. But with material removal, you actually need to follow the contour of the part. And ATI is one of the few vendors in, that I'm aware of that does compliance in a couple of different ways. Why don't you describe the simple and the hard, the the load yeah. cells and the in the spring. Compliance. Compliance is a big word at ATI. So we're a big believer in that. All of our tools um, have some form of compliance built into them. We feel that compliance is a key feature for a number of reasons. Uh, one, that compliance uh, is a little more give in your process. As you mentioned, for other processes, you want that uh, fixed, high precision, point-to-point uh, -point operation. 
But for operations like these, let's say you're deflashing something, that flash by its nature is going to vary in shape and size and location perhaps. So the compliance of our uh, uh, tools kind of gives you a little more forgiveness both in the programming of the path to account for part-to-part -part variation but also within a part because the flash varies that compliance travel zone allows you to better uh, uh, hit those and remove that uh, flash. And, and I'm a huge fan of your stuff. It, it's easy to integrate, it's easy to program, but then on the other end of the spectrum you've got the force torque sensor. Right, so if you do need high precision, right, and we have the force torque sensors. They're gonna give you that six uh, outputs, forces in XYZ, torques in XYZ, and that's gonna feed into your robot controller to allow it to adjust its path. So if you do need more precise controlling and attacking of certain features, that force torque sensor is gonna help you do that. Yeah, so someplace between those two ends, you can probably solve anybody's problem. That's right. We hope so. We think so. <laughs> I'm glad to see you came to the show. We got to get America back to work. So glad you came. We're, we're glad to be here. Thanks very much. The show is smaller this year, but we're seeing a lot of activity. I'm here with my friend Cameron and uh, at the Zyrus booth. And I'm glad to see that you showed up for the show. Well, thanks, Dan. It's been a great show actually for us. Uh, I hope it has it for you as well. Oh, it has been. I, I estimate that we're down about 60% on displays by, based on square feet, but uh, I think we're only down about 40% on people, so we've got a, a good crowd walking through. Yeah, I think so, and plus uh, what I find is everybody that comes up is seriously interested in stuff. If they went to the trouble of traveling under COVID restrictions, exactly. they probably had a reason to do it. Yeah, and they're, they're, you know, they really have a lot of serious inquiries, so that's great to see. Really great to see. We're seeing the same thing at our booth. People coming in, they have real projects that are actually funded, so yeah. it's, it's refreshing. It is refreshing, indeed. So we've got a couple of projects going with you right at the moment. And, do. and I think that most people uh, think of Xyrus for weld vision or uh, welding video just to observe the art, but you're starting to get into some interesting new things, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know, the uh, uh, getting a good image of the welding process is was always our first goal because without that you have nothing. So once you have a good image of the welding process then you can start to do neat stuff. You can start to do uh, data extraction of those videos. You can start to do some quality control, some process control and we can start to throw on some additional sensors like a microphone or some other things that will really complement the product and that's that's the exciting thing now is we're we're taking the product from just a monitoring tool to an ecosystem of uh of measurement capability yeah i've, I've worked with your stuff where we're getting center line and torch height but i was delighted to see that you're using the microphone because as an old welder uh, you know, I use my eyes primarily, but I, I think the second most important sense is my sense of hearing. You can tell a whole lot about well stability through the sound. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I mean, people have been pointing microphones at welding for a long time. And there was a lot of research done a number of years back, and then it just sort of fizzled out. And I don't really know why, because exactly for the reason you said, that there's a lot of really good information there that can be used to help people make a better system. And maybe they just didn't have the infrastructure around it to be able to do, to do a, um, a good measurement. So we're trying to combine that with our video so that you can add some good signal processing 
and get some meaningful data out together with the video. I'm, I'm assuming faster processors will allow us to do more, so that if that was the holdup, we've certainly got better processors we're working with now. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I mean, we're getting to a point where all these uh, super fast processors with multi-core uh, CPUs and the like, it's really, really nice. And, it, and the cost is coming down. Anything that's a consumer product is, is inexpensive, and that's what you and I are doing, is we're leveraging consumer technology and applying it to industry. Exactly. I've always said, you know, why make custom uh, processing hardware when you could use a CPU and a PC that you know is going to get faster in another three months mm -hmm. with the next generation. So it just keeps getting faster and faster. It's great. Well, I'm just delighted to see so many people here both displaying and walking the aisles. I feel like the only way to get our economy to recover from this COVID pandemic is we got to put people back to work. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, one thing I've noticed a lot is people are having a hard time finding people Indeed. to work. And what better way than automate, you know? I, I, think, I think it's that. Plus, I think this whole COVID thing has shown us the uh, susceptibility of long supply chains. You know, I'm, I'm a global free market kind of guy, but I also think that some things need to be made a little closer to home. Absolutely, and for everything, for, you know, security of, of you know, your economy, of your, of your entire supply base, I think it's, it's critical. Sure. And yet, if we want to make 10 times as much as a, as a low-cost labor company, country, we need to be 10 times as efficient, and that's where you and I come in. Absolutely, absolutely. The automation is uh, speaking loud and clear now as a, as a viable alternative to address uh, labor shortages, I think. It's a perfect example. I think we're going to be creating jobs with automation and bringing them back to America. So oh, absolutely. I think absolutely. this is good. Well, I'm glad to see you here. Yeah, you too. Okay. Thanks for coming. You bet. So okay. We're back here in the booth. Can I give you a summary of our take on Fabtech 2021 up here in Chicago? I'm here with Johnny Tyler. He's the one that actually designed our booth, put it all together, and I must say, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. Had a, how did you get this place right up here in the front of the booth, in the, of the show? Well, because we've done so many Fabtech shows, we kind of get priority uh, picks on what the booth's location will be. And looking at where we got uh, our partners and everything located, I kind of picked based on those partners and where they're located. And we're right in the front, so I thought that would be good traffic, foot traffic of coming in off those escalators and coming straight on in. You can't beat it. I hope yeah. you do as well next year. So hope we got so. a couple of demos. Uh, how'd they go over? What would you do differently? Oh, well, the demos, I got, you know, a lot of people I thought were going to know about collaborative robots, but it was fun to see people that didn't know about collaborative robots. And I can share the information I have about the new CRX and some of the collaborative robots and the Bogo system, which I thought was pretty awesome. That got a lot of attention as well. As well so I got a lot of people to say, hey, check out. We got more than just these two demos we got here. You can check us out on YouTube and see everything that we do. Or you can check us out on LinkedIn and see what we have to say about the things that we do. So it was pretty awesome to share that information. Well, just like we've been hearing from everybody else, I think we're getting more quality leads from this show than we do in a non-COVID year. Right. Yeah. So I was here in 2019 with you guys. Right. And we had a lot of lookers come by. Everybody come by and check out the booth. But now we got more people bringing in paperwork and hey this is a schematic this is what we want to get to done we would like to get done so it's awesome to see that everybody's bringing in actual work to us 
I think you did a great job on the booth. Our next show is what, next month? Next month, Houston, Texas. It'll be October 5th through the 7th in Houston, Texas at George R. Brown Convention Center. What's the booth going to have in it? You decided yet? Not yet. We got some stuff going to happen, so we'll see what that looks like. Did a fine job. Thank you. Thank you, sir.